0: You're listening to Kitchen Table Finance. Join Dave Shotwell and Nick Nada as they cut through the complexity of financial planning and serve bites of investment advice that are both personal and practical.
1: Hey Dave, how you doing today?
0: Not bad, how are you Nick?
1: Good. Good. Survived a uh, beautiful Labor Day weekend and uh, back at work. The Monday is Tuesday of them all, right?
0: Time to get serious about life again. Isn't that the way it goes? The kids go back to school, and it's like like a reset button. Absolutely, summer's over. Good, good. So uh, today is part two of a two part series. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, you interviewed me about how I handle my personal finances, and today it is the Nick Notta show. That's right, payback time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, I don't think these will put you on the spot too much, but uh, come up with a few uh, few questions for you. Awesome, let's do it. All right. So, I guess overall, the first question, and I stole this—I think I stole this from Mitch Anthony, you know—but it's one of those questions that financial planners use to kind of get things started with clients. So, uh, what is uh, what's important to Nick Nada about money?
1: So I've been uh, thinking a lot about this question lately, um, going through the George Kinder training, which is a lot about you know what's important about money and prioritizing your goals. Um, and I was actually fortunate enough to go through the Evoke training and get um, life planned. And so I had a lot of time to think about this. And really for me, the most important thing about money is family and not only being able to take care of family, but also, you know, how I spend my time and and that you know you don't really we don't really think about that as money but for me it certainly is um, you know and so how I spend not only my money but also my time as far as taking care of family spending time with family being able to do things and share experiences with my kids when they're young and still in school and you know going off to college my daughter's a senior so this will be her last year and there's a whole bucket list of stuff we want to do before she, you know, is too cool for me. And the, you know, I've got a fourth grade son who's already too cool for me. So, trying to get stuff in in that regard as well. So, for me, the most important thing about money is spending
0: time with family and being able to take care of them. Yeah, good. What drives? So that drives your overall philosophy. How do you, like, how do you implement that? What's your, what's your approach to your personal finances? Yeah, that's a great question.
1: So a lot of this comes down to not only, you know, so the first step to that, I would say, is cash flow, right? So uh, we we always kind of joke, if you ever want to see what's important to someone, look at their bank right.
0: Yeah, credit card yeah. statement. I'll, show, I'll so,
1: tell you their priorities, right? Yeah, right. And then I would even take that one step further with the you know the time. Look at someone's calendar. You know, everybody's mm-hmm. got these digital calendars. So how much family time do you have blocked out on those? You know, that's that'll really tell you what's important. And so, when it comes to budgeting, you know, we use a process where we kind of figure out, okay, this is what needs to get paid, and you know what what do we want to do this year? What do we want to spend that money? And how much do we want to allocate so towards a certain thing? So one of the things that's important to us is you know, taking vacations and being able to spend time with family. So we allocate a monthly amount that my wife and I kind of agree on that we want to spend for the things that we want to do that year for vacations. And, cool. and then we do the same thing for like house and home improvements and stuff like that that are important to us that we want to make sure that we're actively saving for. But also, you know, the, the second half of that is balance, right? So not only what we want to do this year, but are we going to be able to do that in 5 or 10 or 15 years from mm-hmm. now? So what are we saving for?
0: You know, retirement, or things of that nature so that we can keep doing that stuff. Yeah. Do you guys like talk about it weekly, monthly, daily? How often do you guys have to uh, have a powwow about money?
1: Yeah. So, you know, I would say, so typically in our house, we are making these bigger, larger budget decisions, like how much to save for... Vacations on an annual, sometimes semi semi annual basis, if things really change throughout the year, and then on monthly basis, obviously, as mm-hmm. the budget comes in, because it's never, you know, unfortunately, you can budget as much as you want, it's never going to be the exact dollar amount to the penny, and so as things fluctuate, we have to move money from different pockets, and so that's usually a monthly conversation of yeah. figuring out how that to work out all that stuff, um, what what to allocate where um but yeah we you know other than those, you know just that monthly kind of squaring things up mm-hmm. and that annual kind of okay this is what we want to do next year this is how much money we need to save conversation that's really about it when it comes to you know the the personal budget side Good. of things
0: yeah how uh, how have you seen it change over your adult life
1: yeah that's a great question because um as i like to tell people My wife and I come from different sides of the philosophy on this. And and what I always tell everybody is if it was up to me, we'd probably save everything. Uh, And if it was up to her, we'd probably spend everything. And so what I constantly have to remind myself is that neither one of us are right. Because if mm-hmm. you save everything, and you know, there's no guarantee that tomorrow's going to come. So what's the point of saving everything and giving up the experiences and the things you want to do now? And the flip side of that is if you spend everything, and you know, tomorrow comes. Well, that sucks too. So um, right. um, it's all kind of about that balance. And so for me, early on, what I had to learn about myself is because I'm a saver, because I always want to save everything. That's my default. You know, my my default mm-hmm. fight or flight is to just save it. And so I, you know, I have. Slowly tried to, and I, I guess we could bring my wife on the podcast to to tell me I'm not doing a great job of this. But <laughs> That'll slowly... be part
0: three and part four will let <laughs> yeah, our spouses right. have a
1: turn. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Well, so I've I've tried to slowly kind of you know take not be able to, you know, not save so much and not be so worried about how much we're putting away for retirement, always trying to, you know, increase contributions and and trying to be a little bit more lax on, okay, I know that I'm a financial Mm -hmm. planner, so I know that we're saving enough. I know what our retirement plan looks like when we get to retirement age and and we probably have more than what we need saved. At least that's the way that it's trending. And so, you know, peeling some of that back and being able to spend, uh, money now for those experiences and to do those things is something that you know it's changed a lot from when I was younger mm-hmm. um, and so you know that's really the probably the biggest thing that's changed for me is just allowing more spending to go on and and, and allowing my wife to take charge on a lot of that because she's good at spending that's her, you know, her, her talent <laughs> yeah. and mine is I'm good at saving and so we kind of balance each other out and we have those conversations and that friction and it usually ends up, you know, being it, it, making it better for everyone mm-hmm. involved in the family because we can,
0: you know, have those conversations. Do, uh, do you and your wife usually agree when it comes down to it? Do you find that middle ground? Never, never.
1: Yeah, but <laughs> but what I, what I find is that she's usually right. Yeah, Because that's usually me being miserly about. Well, you know, we <laughs> we don't really have the money, and what and honestly, a lot of times, what I tell myself is, you really do have the money. Yeah, and you really shouldn't worry about it too much. Yeah. You know, we both are lucky to have very stable jobs, very stable income, really good benefit packages, and so mm-hmm. you know, even if we did spend more than what I wanted to in a given month, we're still going to be fine. That next month, we're going to be able to. You know, Figure it out and adjust. Yeah, and, so, and it's been you know really challenging as far as you know the kids and and the things of that nature. You know, my daughter and I are talking about taking a trip next summer because it'll be right. uh, the last summer before college, and you know that takes money. And so you know, what are we going to you know are we going to stop saving for this or for that um, to help kind of fund that? And, and I you know I, the thing that I constantly remind myself as well is. You know, I, I've met a lot. I've been fortunate enough to be in this business long enough to see clients on both ends of the spectrum. Right. And, and I, I don't know about you, Dave, but not a lot of them come back to me and say, you know, I wish I would have saved more money. Right. <laughs> I wish I had more money right. um, saved up so that I could, you know, well, and most of it's more about the time and the time and health. I mean, yeah. Enjoying, yeah.
0: Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And health too. Yep. For sure. yep. And yeah, that's absolutely right. We do kind of get, I think, a, uh, a unique perspective. After people, I think clients when they come in, they expect we're going to be all about maximizing maximizing 401k contributions. And, you know, and, I, and not to not to hijack your interview, but you know, um, I always tell people I can count on one hand the number of long term clients I've had to worry about running out of money. But the ones that ran out of health or time is is takes me both hands and I have to take off my shoes to count. So. Oh yeah um absolutely yeah yeah how so you 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 talked about uh talked about your kids do you do you bring them into these discussions, have they taught them some of that budgeting philosophy
1: yeah i I definitely try to, and then you know my daughter is kind of of that age where she's got some jobs and you know she's mm-hmm. got a car and so she's got some expenses, and so it, it's really been kind of a progression around, hey, if you spend all the money that you make and all of a sudden, you don't have gas money or you have to <laughs> ask dad for a loan. You know, that's right. not always the greatest feeling either. So how do we start, you know, just saving a portion of that so you have a buildup so that if you do need something, you have kind of that cushion. And so. We've definitely had that conversation. Yeah. It's been pretty easy with her. My son is a little bit younger. And you know, if he mm-hmm. gets money for his birthday or something, it's usually spent before you know he goes to sleep that <laughs> night. Um, and so it's a little bit different, but he's still on a little bit of a younger, sure. younger stage as well. And I've actually tried to enact... Um, I'm looking at it right now. There's a book called Raising Financially Fit Kids that I really like. want we'll to hmm. put a um, link in the show notes. It's just one. all about some different... There's a lot of different like tactics in there on things you can do based on age groups. And, and one of the things I love about her book is she has this principle of, you know, an allowance, but it's mm-hmm. not, it's, it's not a, it's a tool for teaching you how to use money. It's not like a
0: privilege reward. Or, yeah.
1: Reward. It's uh this is how, you know, you, we don't take it away because you did something wrong. It's more of a, this is how you're going to learn how to use money. Know that. Really helped my daughter in a lot of cases, and it also mm-hmm. helps us as a family talk about values. And so, one of the principles is you know you have three buckets: one is spend money, one is give money, and one is save money. So, um, and you figure out how much you want to put in each one of those buckets. And that really helps kids get this concept of okay, you know, yeah. there's money I want to give away, and that's an important value to my family. And money I'm saving for something bigger that I want to buy, and money I can spend on a weekly basis. And so that really has seemed to
0: help mm-hmm. as well. Good.
1: a broader question too that I try to bring in is, you know, money a lot of times is so secretive for families. So I right. try to bring them into conversations on a level that they can understand, but not necessarily like the deep budget of, you know, how to do it, but more of like the overall, Hey, you know, we're trying to save money by shutting off the lights because we want to, you know, save energy and also not waste money. Those kinds of conversations, I think. Mm -hmm. And and the more that you can bring kids into those conversations, I think really helps them have kind of a healthy relationship with money, go out on their own.
2: Are you a small business or a nonprofit that wants to market better? Of course you want to market better. Join heavy-hitting marketing agencies and experts at the Michigan Marketing Outstanding Brand Summit. All the big bosses will be there. 17 presentations on cutting-edge topics like brand dominance, how to make a logo that doesn't suck, figuring out what the heck SEO is, launching your own damn podcast, upcoming annoying changes for social media, creating videos that slay, and so much more. Win big prizes and take advantage of exclusive marketing training. Join the ranks of marketing bosses throughout Michigan and meet me, Amy Zander, the reigning marketing mobstress of Michigan. Mark Friday, May 6th, 2022 on your calendar. It's not too far away to start planning now. Follow Zedia Media on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube for a chance to win tickets. Visit ZediaMedia.com for more information and to purchase tickets. That's dot com. Your presence will be honored. Your absence will be noted.
0: Are there things that you still are hoping to teach them here as you go? Are there things you've thought about that uh, um, maybe you haven't gotten to yet or... Or just the time hasn't been right, yeah i mean i th- I think the biggest
1: thing if if I'm looking on you know what if there's one thing that my kids can grow up and learn about money is you know it's not it's a means to an end it's not the mm. most important thing, and not to say that it isn't helpful and useful, but you have to put it kind of in the right position of um you know a priority in your life and and you know there's things that are are worth are worth it in terms of spending and there's things that necessarily aren't and so you know what are your your ultimate goal if your ultimate goal mm-hmm. is to be happy that doesn't mean making the most money working the most hours and so figuring that out and being able to prioritize that if they can take that away i feel like i've
0: done something yeah so on a more practical level like when when you think about cash and investments and retirement savings. How do you, how do you go about structuring that for your family?
1: You know, obviously the biggest thing that I've always tried to do ever since, you know, I kind of graduated and got a real job was put money into retirement. Um, You know, my goal has always been between the matching funds that I received and my contributions to P somewhere in that 10 to 20% range and you know we've been lucky enough to work for some places that had a good match and Wife works for the state. And so they have a good benefit package. And and so I think that's been a big one starting young and saving and, and investing. So that's kind of always been one of my priorities as far as handling money. You know, I'm not, it, no, you know, limited debt. I'm okay with having a mortgage. I'm okay with some car loans, especially with kind of where rates are. But, you know, credit cards, we, I like to play the game where we get the points and pay everything off, but mm-hmm. we never carry balances. Mm-hmm. So, and I've been playing that game for a long time. And, you know, and I've had some situations and some changes where I actually went out and, you know, when I started my own business where it was expensive and we had to take on some credit card debt, but we did it with a, in a way that, we were getting 0% interest for 18 mm-hmm. months and then paying it off and, and just kind of playing that game, mm-hmm. trying to pay the least amount of interest possible and, and kind of going in that direction. So I think those are big things for us. And then, you know, it, it, the other side of that is I'm not a big cash person. Um, I, you know, I don't need to have lots of cash on hand, especially if I don't have a whole lot of you know, if I don't have a whole lot of, or if I don't have any credit card debt, and I have, you know, credit cards that are available and things like that, you know, so I keep, you know, a chunk in, you know, savings, but not like a huge chunk, probably less than, you know, if the, if the <laughs> uh, average is three to six, I'm probably closer to three. But, you know, the other side of that is I don't have any credit card. Right. Debt, and my wife and I both have really stable jobs and incomes. And so it's a little bit different from that standpoint. Right. But yeah, I don't, we don't keep a whole lot of cash on hand and that's kind of just a proxy of where we are right now. So, and then investing, you know, investing wise, it's really, you know, in par with pretty much what we do on a client level, (laughs) which is, you know, I've got my 401k allocations and those don't really change. I think I've maybe changed them once in the last two years. Um, and then, you know, the model portfolios that we have just diversified ETFs and, you know, a risk appropriate, age appropriate, goal appropriate. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one could probably argue that I'm more aggressive than I should be at this stage of the game. But, <laughs> you know, that's, I could probably, you could probably say that for all, you know, financial right. planners, um, you know, and I, I think a lot of that comes down to just comfort level. With, right. right. Stocks and dealing with it. And, and one of the things I'm most thankful for about my career <laughs> is I lived through 2008 and learned a lot of valuable lessons then. And, that's you know, kind of molded a lot of my comfort level
0: with investments and yeah. and allowed me to be a little bit more, you know, take a little bit more risk and not necessarily worry about it. Yeah, kind of knowing, knowing in the back of your mind always how that should play out over time, um, right, helps take some of those distractions away.
1: Yeah, I'm sure I'd agree with that. You know, I, I'm not, I don't play around with stocks. Um, I don't. People ask me about stocks and stuff like that <laughs> all the time, and Honestly, I'm the worst person to ask is people, people ask me what's going on in the market today. I'm like, I honestly haven't looked yeah. at it in like three or four days because whatever happened in the market today or whatever's going to happen tomorrow, isn't going to affect me. Right. You know, right. The, the 10 year, 15 year projections I care about, but you're not going to, you know, following the market every day isn't going to help that. Me. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I've, I've had some people come in and, you know, talk about cryptocurrency and that kind of stuff. And it's just nothing, you know, I've, I've always viewed it as, you know, based on the planning and projections that I have for myself, I don't need to get rich quick and I don't need to make a huge return in order to be successful. And so I take, you know, the average safe return that i am planning on getting and I don't worry about doing better than that because it's not really going to help me at all. Right, able to achieve all of my goals with the rate of return, kind of the plan that I have. And so I'm not trying to beat that by any stretch of the imagination because it's not going to do anything but give me more money at the end of my plan. And yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, and, you know, back to what you were saying a minute ago about, you know, being able to be a little bit sanguine about the ups and downs of the market. I think it's also about as professionals, you learn what risks are worth taking and what risks aren't worth taking. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's one thing to be in a diversified portfolio of stocks and it's another to be trying to beat that and know that, you know, and just, and all. so you kind of learn both ends of it that yes, you can afford to take those, those smart risks, but you also learn that it's not worth taking the, uh, the flying leaps. Same
1: time, yeah, for sure. And, and I've just seen so many people that have taken those leaps, and you know they've made a decent amount of money. But you know it's it's you know the the risk to get that huge reward just isn't worth it. Mm-hmm. And I've got other things that I want to focus my time and energy on. The least of which is following <laughs> an individual stock or seeing right, what cryptocurrencies right, are doing. <laughs>
0: right, right. So if if market risk doesn't worry you too much, you've got a budget and uh, debt. Figured out pretty well. What does keep you up at night? What do you worry about financially?
1: Boy, that's a good question. Um, You know, I don't worry about too much, but you know, well, so I guess I worry about if my wife were to not work at the state of Michigan anymore, how in the world I would afford health insurance. Well, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) So I I think that's a big one. You know, health insurance and the rising cost of health insurance. I know it's a big one for clients too. And and I'll tell you the take the approach that I take, which is kind of the opposite of what we think of this day, what is just to be healthy. <laughs> right. Uh, and, you know, I exercise regularly, I sleep well, I eat right, I try to meditate and be mindful. And, you know, if I can do those things, then the health side of it will hopefully take care of itself. Um, and that's, a. am actually glad you brought that up too, because I think one of the things that we also do is, you know, we have insurance and, and we have good insurance, not only mm-hmm. health insurance, but we have disability insurance. That's super important, mm-hmm. especially when you're young and, you know, you've got so many working years ahead of you. Um, we have life insurance. That's super important if something should happen to protect the family. And, and I think that's something that oftentimes gets missed of, you know, having the right amounts of insurance right. is understanding what those coverages are and making
0: sure they're in place is, is super important. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, it's interesting. Because uh, yeah, you—I mean, you—you you do very well in the health department compared to most of us. But I was listening to a radio show on the way home from the office the other day at lunch, and it was a—it uh, was a personal trainer slash dietitian who was talking, and and it, it kind of hit home with me because he said, you know, I talk to people all the time, and they're all worried about having enough. It was interesting to hear from another professional kind of the other angle of what we're always saying is, you know, people worry about their 401k balances and they don't think about the fact that if they're not able to get up out of their chair, what difference does it make? And you know, so right. he saw his job as as helping with that other side of the side of the equation. And uh, yeah, you're right. You know, we yeah. they, we can't really control what is going to happen with health insurance. But you can at least do something to influence your own health. There's always there's a there's a bad luck and a bad genetics element to it, but there's a lot that you can do to mitigate that if you're paying attention and willing to do the work. Yeah. And I mean, there it's there's,
1: you know, why why worry yourself about this stuff? Focus on what you can control and and making those different decisions is the best you can do and let the chips fall where they may.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So Those were my questions for you, Nick. Is there anything else you'd like to uh, put out there about Nick Nada and his personal finances?
1: No, I don't think so. I think, you know, we we touched on a lot about the biggest thing for me and the biggest change has really just been, you know, really focusing on what's most important to you and making financial decisions based on what that is and getting yourself closer to being able to do that you know, how many times have we seen people that have 40, 50 year careers and they just Mm want to retire to be able to do something that they probably could have done 20, 30 years ago. Right. And done better. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. And then had those families that whole time for sure.
1: Yeah. And, And so I'm blessed to, you know, have this job and have this career and have the flexibility to do those things and to spend time with my kids now and, because I'm sure the time is coming where they're not going to want to. Or they're going to have their own lives, and then you know, you and Jeff are going to be sick of because I'll right. be, be at the office from- work at hard. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, seven a.m. to seven p.m. Yeah. every day because yeah. I don't, you know, because there's not not a lot, a lot else to do. So I'm going to enjoy those kids now <laughs> while I got them because they're only this old for so That's long, right. and then we'll, I'll find something else that you know I'm interested yeah. in and, and want to focus on, but. You know, living in the moment for sure.
0: As somebody whose kids are a half generation older than yours, I can uh, definitely echo those sentiments um, because it goes too fast. So, yeah. All right. Well, this has been fun and enlightening. And I'm sure our listeners will get a few, uh, few good insights out of it. I appreciate it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Thanks uh, for playing along. I think this was a good series. And (laughs) and as always to our listeners, if you have questions, shoot us an email at info at srbadvisors.com and check out the show notes for some of those links that we talked about. Um, And we will see y'all soon. Great. Until next time, Nick. I'll talk to you later. All right. Take care. Yep.
0: Gather round and follow the Kitchen Table Finance podcast to learn about money and simple ways you can invest right now. You can find more practical advice at srbadvisors.com and contact the team for personal planning by emailing info at srbadvisors.com.